The following is a presentation of West New York Independent Living's Meet the Candidates Day for the Genesee Region, held on Tuesday, October 24th. Good morning. My name is Todd Barber, Chief Policy Officer for West New York Independent Living. We are just waiting for our first candidate to arrive. Here at Independent Living in the Genesee Region, we have some candidates that are coming from far and wide, so there might be a couple of more pauses than you're used to with our event. We just ask you that you stay patient. While I'm talking to you, I will remind you again that the last day to register to vote is Wednesday, October 28th. No, not Wednesday, October, but October 28th is the date. So make sure you're registered to vote. If you need any assistance with registering to vote, getting to a polling place or casting your ballot, don't hesitate to call us here at Independent Living in the Genesee Region. Oh, that's nice. You ready? All right, now we have our first candidate available, uh, Mr. Knickerbocker, running on the Republican line for Byron Town Board or Town Council? Town Board. Town Board. All right, let's hear it for him. Hi, I'm Nick Knickerbocker, as he said, and I'm running for Town Board in the small town of Byron. I'm running under the Republican ticket, obviously, but because it's small town politics, I want to think it's more about the town than it is about the party. Uh, I really don't have a big spiel just because I know this is a meet the candidates. I'd like to be more hearing what people have to say, getting more of an input. Um, so for the most part, I really want to be here to listen, to kind of hear what people have to say and think about different ways in which small rural communities like Byron can be better suited to kind of meet everybody within the community while also working toward achieving the goals that our community wants as well. So a sort of middle ground where we can all kind of advance forward together as this people. So this being an independent living center that serves people with disabilities, can you talk to us about your experience with people with disabilities? Sure. If you had any. Sure. So I'm an educator. I have a master's degree in birth control literacy and my bachelor's is in early childhood childhood education. So as you can imagine I've had my um, experience particularly with children with disabilities. Uh, which I found to be a very rewarding process. It's a community growing up I really didn't get a ton of exposure to just because I grew up in Byron, born, raised, and it's not a very large community. So very often I found that they're just people who happen to have something with them. It's no different than you're being blonde or brown or what have you. And oftentimes I've, I, I shouldn't even say oftentimes, I've always believed that the person matters more than anything else because I believe in people. I believe people hold everything about themselves. And you really can't judge anybody or do anything with anybody until you get to know them. And I think that that translates into my belief that every person has value and every person has an ability to contribute to society. But as a society, we should always try to strive to make it so they have those opportunities to achieve that and the resources necessary to help them reach that goal. What inspired you to run? I've been a politics brat since I was a kid. I've I've loved it. I I I don't know why. <laughs> I was just born this way. So I've also grown up in Byron my whole life. Like I said, as you can see, I've helped out with the Byron Heritage <laughs> Festival, things like that. And it just comes from a place that I love my town. I love my community and I love my country. So I wanted to run because I think that the world's constantly changing. It can be a very scary place. There's a lot of times we've seen it kind of move towards this like um, alarm level 
with everything kind of going on. And so I recently wrote a letter with uh, Fred Kleinchek, who's running with me. And in the letter, I talked about how as we move forward, even in small towns like Byron, change is coming, things are going to be different. And so I just simply wanted to give that, give the opportunity to myself and to my town to kind of have that steady leadership going forward so that we can take the changes as they come and then we can kind of still maintain that character that our town really values. So that's really what's sort of inside. Thank you very much. What are the most important issues are for people living in Byron? So in Byron, we have what's called the Comprehensive Plan. And in the Comprehensive Plan, they've identified a series of issues that the people of Byron are concerned. Byron's an elder community. It's a little on the older side. At the same time, we're worried about having access for children in our community, kind of more things to do. So I think the biggest issue facing Byron going forward is, like I said, those changes coming. So recently, Byron's been having their solar farms come in. They've been having, you know, water districts. A lot of a lot of change coming to the town. We're getting down general now. All of which I've gotten this experience because I've served on the planning board in Byron for almost a year, and I've really listened to and talked about these different changes and used that opportunity to really learn about how people feel about certain things. So. What I think bases the community most is just being prepared for the future and making sure that we have that steady, guided leadership as we move forward towards that future. I always hear of Byron as connected with Virgin. Do you have a close relationship with Virgin? Uh, Byron Virgin, all the time. So growing up, I obviously lived in Byron, but I've always rode the bike to Virgin, hang out with my friends. You know, they're very, they're sister communities, they're very tight-knit, very small, so very deep connection to both of them. And we grew up well with them, go on for hours. <laughs> Are you running unopposed? There's nobody else in the race? No. So the Town of Byron's Town Board has two positions available. So like I said, there's me, Fred Kleichek, and then there's Sarah Stockwell running as a Democrat for the position as well. So it's... If my memory serves me correctly, which it doesn't always, uh, Fred, I believe, is running for re-election, and Sarah and I are running for an open seat that was left when somebody, I think, retired from the position. Has Byron mostly been a Republican town? Very much so. <laughs> I mean, it's, like I said, it's that's more of a national politics level. So Sarah, who's the Democrat, I happen to know. Um, I used to work at school, and I taught her son, actually. So she and I were talking about it as well, because, you know, it's 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 a joke we have. But it's, it's, it's a small town. We're not running about national issues that are affecting us. But that doesn't mean that those things don't come up. It doesn't mean that those things don't matter. But I think it's important to put sort of people over party. And I even told the Republican committee that when I first ran, because I actually, I'm only a recently registered Republican. I've actually had no party for the longest of times. And that's because it's going to sound funny, but I've always ascribed to the George Washington level of thinking where I think if we get so caught up in labels and the parties and I can't trust you because you're a Democrat, I can't trust you because you're a Republican, we lose that commonality that we all truly share. And I think that whilst there are a lot of issues that we can't see eye to eye on, I will always hold the belief that reasonable people can come up with reasonable solutions. And there are always going to be those costs that you have on either side. That somebody has to lose something. You can't give everybody what they want. And it's just a harsh reality of the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
recommendation. I have a question for you. My son's on the Byron Fire Department. Um, with all the increases coming to, to Byron, has there been any talk or do you have any push towards increasing the funding available to the Volunteer Fire Department? So one of the first things that happened when I decided to run is I was attending, I know they were there talking about how we needed an ambulance, they were talking about all that funding and stuff like that. I have not directly heard, just because it's a budgetary discussion to have, I know that Byron and Burden are having, this is really the fire department like in the similar thing. They're having a discussion about the tax um, for the Byron Virgin Public Library. They're having a discussion about finding funding for that just through the taxes rather than donations. And I don't think that's the worst idea possible. And I know Byron Fire Department's volunteer greatly admire people who are just willing to volunteer themselves to go up for something like that. I mean, it's a very, very noble thing to do. So in my purview, first responders are one of the groups of people we should definitely fund and we should definitely give as much support to as well whilst at the same time making sure that we hold that funding to a certain standard. Not that I'm saying anybody in there wouldn't, but just making sure that we can't always just assume that just because we throw money at a problem, it's going to solve it inherently. We need to ensure good people are doing what they want to do so that other good people can do what they can. I have a question. Um, I had the pleasure a very, very big pleasure of working at the Gillen Branch Community Center for years. And um, what um, Grant Gillum did for Byron Virgin was amazing. And that's why they have the pool and the community center. Um, but it's, it's a worrisome thing and that community centers are dying on the vine because of the funds. Um, I do know we have many, many programs that were coming out, the day camp, the summers, um, how is that? I mean, do you guys use the center? Do you guys, you know, plan to do events there? I mean, is, how is it doing? Is it is it going to hopefully continue to to prosper, for lack of a better word? Yeah. And I worked, so I worked at the Byron Recreation Program for eight years, which is the summer camp mm -hmm. with you throughout the community. And the Gillum Grant was constantly giving us supports and the public library. Yeah, I would just hate to see anything happen to that place Absolutely. because you're so gifted to have it. Very yeah, so it's like always in my mind of supporting them and whatever, just like here, because I had I had wonderful disability programs when I ran the library there. Right. Um, I had ARC come in and we just had, it was just, it was a very memorable events. And it's just scary these days with the way that the world is that for sure they're closing everywhere. And so. I think you hit on a great point as well when you talk about community centers and things like that. That's one of the big things I always emphasize is that we see as time progresses, I mean, you even see it in sports and schools these days, a lot of big things that brought communities together are slowly kind of starting to drift away from each other. I mean, if anybody has any children in football or anything like that, you'll know that they're constantly shrinking and combining, shrinking and combining. It's terrifying to think of that thought that those things are going away because those are the moral and social fabrics that keep us together. I mean, you can have as many disagreements with the neighbor as you want, but you still want to be the other school when it comes to the local football game. So when you talk about things like community centers going away and stuff like that, I will do everything in my power to make sure that doesn't happen because the community is strongest when it stands together. And I believe that towns like Byron and other local places have something very special and unique about them. In that we really do look out for each other. I mean, my mom, my neighbors are constantly doing stuff for each other. I'm always doing stuff with my other neighbors. I mean, that is what a community is for people who are around. Yeah. Any more questions? Thank you very much for coming.
Right. Okay. And at the time, I was told by the then town supervisor, forget it. It'll never happen. It's going to be three to five thousand dollars a household. Well, he was full of it. Okay. It's a lot of paperwork. Oh, I got mountains of paperwork to do, federal and state paperwork. But we had to come up with ways to get public water into Bethany. So we created Water District 1, which is on the northeast, northwest corner. We created Water District 4, which is Creek Road, Putnam Road. We've got water to them now. We've got water on Transit Road on the east side coming in from Stafford and on Clipknock Road to Bethany, to East Bethany Leroy Road. We wanted to do a townwide water project um, so, and do it from all the way from our northern border with Batavia all the way to Wyoming County and then from uh, Francis Road all the way over to Transit Road on the east. The federal government said, no, you can't do that. It's too big. We won't allow it. So we had to divide it into smaller areas. Right now, we're working on, it's called Water District 5, which is the heart of Bethany, which is a lot. There's 400, res 400 residents, three dairy farms, five businesses. Um, in 19 or 2019, we were approved for $16.5 million in funding to create this water district, which was gonna have two pumping stations and two water towers. We were all set to go, and then COVID. Okay. Okay, COVID game shut everything down. So when COVID opened back up again in 2021, the federal government made it, before we could start the project, made us go out and get new cost estimates for the water district. So we went from 16.5 million to current pricing of 21.5 million. Mm -hmm. So we had USDA funding available and set aside at 16.5. So we have a $5 million gap. Okay, so we have, we, the town board and I have worked hard to try to find that $5 million. Now we applied for the first WEA grant that we had a community meeting for everybody in Water District 5 and talked about. We filed for a state WEA grant, water infrastructure grant. The state turned us down. It was not a high enough priority in the state. Well, a little bit of anger towards the state because of this, that water, a basic essential need for people in public water, um, children miss less school due to intestinal and stomach viruses on public water than they do on well water. You know, and so the state turned us down for the birth we had grant. We tried some other avenues with the state, but the state says we did not. Bethany does not qualify for some of these other grants. We're not big enough. So right as of right now, we have another we had grant. That comes out in November that we applied for. And with that, we we grant in the submission of it, I sent over a hundred letters from residents on the quality of water and no water. Um, so we have that. Um, I fought with Chuck Schumer's office, Senator Schumer, Senator Gillibrand's office, 
and they have put us on their um, federal appropriations um, budget to get us the grant funding or the, the gap money, okay, to try to fill that. But right now, um, it was supposed to have been voted on a month and a half ago, but the federal appropriations right now is all on hold because our federal government is confused. <laughs> They're confused. <laughs> they don't have their priorities straight. Um, so I'm waiting on that. Claudia Tenney put in some money, uh, put in her federal appropriation budget for us to get some money as well. Again, that's on hold. A week and a half ago, um, because Genesee County, Southern Genesee County, Northern Wyoming County, has been moved to a classification of a moderate to severe drought. We've been able to apply for some USDA grant money under an emergency declaration. Okay, so now I've got a fifth avenue that, that we're trying for the gap funding. With that, of the 400 residents, 42 are now hauling water. I have 10% of my residents hauling water. I have one major dairy farm on the eastern side of Water District 5 um, who is hauling from Batavia 60,000 gallons of water per day to water his dairy cow. Every cow drinks 10 gallons of water a day to make milk, so we have milk and yogurt and things like that. I have a major dairy farm that's in jeopardy of selling the cows and going out of business, okay? I also have two other dairy farms that are hauling lesser quantities of water um, in that water district because they're supplementing their wells, poor well system um, with water hauled from Batavia. So they've all written letters. I've gotten letters from all the residents that are hauling water. I've submitted all those with the WIA grants to the Federal Appropriations Budget Committee to the USDA. So the state and federal government knows how bad the need for water is in Bethany, mm -hmm. whether they do anything about it, I like to use my finger. So it's sort of a standstill at this point until you can so, fit that down. Right. So we, that's for grant funding. So we've got all these things that we're working on to get grant funding to fill that gap. I mean, really, it's our taxpayer dollars that we just want some of the back to help our residents, you know. So if that doesn't work, I just got a cough from USDA. If the residents in Water District 5 do not get the grant funding, we will have a meeting coming up because we can get a $5 million loan from the USDA now at 3.1% interest over 38 years. So right now the engineers um, and I are working on what the cost difference is per unit per house, it was at 840, what's the additional cost gonna be? So we're and, working on that. And there would be something that would go into our taxes. It would it would be a separate line on your taxes. I don't combine the water unit price with your tax, what the town tax, I keep them separate so you know, because if more homes are built in the water district, 
that number goes down. That number will decrease. But that would cost us an additional eight forty on our tab. It'll be the eight. Yes. So eight forty on top of what we're already paying well, in tax. Yes. So like if your taxes are twelve hundred a year to have public water, it would cost you eight hundred and forty dollars a year, which is everybody's cost to have you know all the water lines put in the hydrants, the pumping stations, the water tower, mm -hmm. and things like that. And that is a property bill. Okay. okay, so if you sell your property, that debt belongs to the property. You leave it behind. The next guy takes over, or the next family will take over what the payments are for the next 30, you know, whatever the balance is for the 38 years. So I guess the question I have is, um, you know, with this Bethany being a rural area, not a lot of millionaires out there. Oh, no. How are they going to work that if people can't afford that extra 840 on their taxes? We're going to have to, it'll all come down once everything's finalized and we have the avenue to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we have to follow the state law and you will come in and you will have to vote. Okay, there, everybody's going to have to come in. If you want it, you go to the roll, you sign your name. One of the, either the husband or the wife or whoever, whoever's name's on the deed, one of those people will have to sign for that property that they want the water. Okay. Now, based on New York state law, 51% makes the rule. So if we go through all this work for all these years and 51% of the residents say no, then it's over. It's over. Okay. Everything we've done, everything the town board and I have done okay. is just put on a shelf till someday they change the residents change their mind. You know, if 51% say yes, then they get it. Everybody gets it. Everybody has to pay it. There's no... You know, no in between, one way or the other. So it's either yes or no. I just have a question. So you initially had sixteen million granted to you. Is that in an interest bearing account? Uh, no, it's just a letter from the federal government saying we're holding this money for you. Um, when you go get ready to do the project, you have the money. You now have a five million dollar gap. Um, is there a way for you to redesign what you initially were going to do? You said two water towers and this kind yes. of thing. Could we, you take the sixteen million, redesign what you were going to do, and still use that money and get some type of water service? It would cut the water district in half. So half of the people still could get the yes. water. Half of the people could get the water, and half of the people could not get the water. And we did have a meeting. A little over a year ago, and that option was put on the table to the residents, and the residents that were there said, no, Water District 5 is Water District 5. Because people from both ends, you know, because really, realistically, you got to cut out the farthest people, you know, because it's only going to go so far. So that means the dairy farms lose, Okay. You know, the one dairy farm has 100 employees. So if he goes out of business and sells his cow, there's 100 employees plus his family, which have totally lost everything. So it's a, it was a tough thing, and it's put to the residents. The board doesn't make the decisions. I don't make the decisions. The residents are the ones that, that dictate what we're going to do. 
some towns, some areas, the board says you're getting it and do it. Okay, that's not how we do things. You know, I put everything on the table to the residents. If they say yes, then we do it. If they say no, then we don't do it. Um, we have a proposed water district six, which is Linden and uh, the very farthest west side of, of Bethany. Um, we sent out surveys. I sent out 200 surveys to the residents. Do you want or are you interested in public water if the opportunity comes? And I got back 12 surveys. Wow. Mm -hmm. And more than 50% of those said no. So it's on a shelf till we get through Water District 5. Then we'll repeat, then the board will repeat the process again and we'll send out the letters, you know, of interest. Are you interested or not? And if, if they say no, then it will get shelled indefinitely. Okay. So you said it's $840 per land. That's not based on size of or the fact that some is a farm and some are just residential. The 140 is a what we call it, what the state calls a unit, which would be a single family dwelling. Farmers based on are done based on their water usage. So the major farm, he's at 63 units. That's what he's going to pay a year. That's part of the that, and he he's agreed to it. You know, so I mean, if people think that, well, this guy's going to use so much more water, but he's paying the same as us. No, that's not how it okay, works. We have to follow certain state and federal mandates, and you know, farms businesses are all done totally different than residents are. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that. They just think one is one and everybody is one. No. Um, on top of that, you also have your water bill. It's a quarterly water bill for, based on what your consumption is. Now, I empathize with the people that have zero water. Because where I live, on the east side of town, I now have public water. And I have had. But I'm still in office fighting for it for everybody. Before we had public water at my residence, I went six months, my wife and I went six months, nothing. We had three wells, we had absolutely nothing. So we ate on the paper plates, we used the paper cups, we showered at other family members' houses every other day, been there, done that, totally understand the situation that people are in now. And that's why I fight so hard for the residents to get public water. I, mean, I have the unenviable job to give the candidates a hook. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you so much. Very we cover everything. Got great yeah. from the town of Pembroke. Pembroke. is next on our list. Everybody want to give her a round of applause? Hello. 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 H
say hello. I'm writing for the town board in the town of Pembroke. Now, Pembroke is the town on the northwest corner of the county. Um, it's a pretty big town. We're going to be famous for the most truck stops all of Genesee County. We're going to have like four of them eventually. Now, um, to give you an overview of what the town board does, it's a five-member board uh, with a supervisor and four board members. The board members make most all the monetary decisions of the town, along with some zoning recommendations. So if you think about a town and you think about the roads, there's a certain amount of state roads, county roads, and town roads. The town roads are under the umbrella of the town. So if you wish to have speed limit changed or, or you were driveway the bus or something that falls under that umbrella of town work, of course, you contact the town. If it's a state problem, then we would refer you to the state. The town supervisor takes care of all the um, financial records of the town, the budgets, the payments. The town board members, though, do sign off on all the bills. So there is always that five-member panel of checks and balances. Now, you might say, well, how do you, how do, you do all that? My background is in real estate, and I was a town assessor for 30 years. So I know the people, I know the locations, I know the houses, and I know zoning, and I also know how important farmland is to the community and how it's such a basis of, they call it black gold, because the land is always worth a lot. It's always most important. You always try to strike a balance between keeping the farms there because that's what holds us together. And even if you think about the county of Genesee, you've got that whole band up north that's all this greatest farmland in the county. And we love to drive through it and we want it to stay farms. So you balance your zoning based on how much you want things to change. And most people don't want much to change. They come to the country to be in the country. They don't want to get overrun by a lot of businesses and trucks and trailers. And I know I said to my neighbor, I'm running for election and what? how can I help you? And she said to me, you know, that throughway is way too loud. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's out of my control. But there are certain things that are in control for the town board. So in my respect, I can say to the town, I'm here to help you because I, I know a lot of history and I know how, I know what people feel inside because I've heard it for many, many years. And I can say, listen, th this person needs help or we need to try to do this in the kindest way possible because no one wants to feel like government is pushing them or overriding them or not listening to them. It's very important. There is, this does not make me nervous at all because I can look at you and I can say, oh, you know, maybe I remember you from years ago and I understand that you're here for the long haul and I'm here for the long haul too. So I need to be kind, sensitive, approachable because everybody has a story. 
and everyone's feelings count. And I mean, your neighbor might be the farmer next door and you would hate to see him go out of business. Or the people who live in the city don't want to see businesses leave. They want that balance there. And so as a town board member, we are approachable about that. We also kind of direct our planning board so that as these businesses come to the planning board, we can say, well, you know, let, let's really look at this. Let's make sure it's set back enough from the road and we don't crowd things. And we have, we do it in the smartest way possible. I'm open for questions. Does anybody here live in Pembroke? I have a couple of questions. Um, so you'd mentioned the um, truck stops and uh, we do a lot to help people who are homeless. Uh, that's one of the major programs that we have here. We can pay rent. We have some emergency supplies. So we're, we're always helping people who are homeless. There is um, a word out that there are homeless people that live behind the Flying Jays. Are you aware of any homeless in your community? No, but I also know that there's an agency uh, at social service that should be approachable for um, emergency help. Mm -hmm. And that has happened in the past where they've contacted this agency, they reached out to this homeless individual, which she did have two children, and they took them, um, arranged for a ride to social service, got them a place to stay. And so that would be a good link to, for example, have at our location so that if that happens, we can say, listen, this is who we need to call. This is the sequence that we need to proceed to help them. Great idea. We don't have that link right now. Uh, what we do have is um, the ability to help people as far as filing for exemptions, trying to do things by mail, hooking them up with the Office of the Aging. They, they have lots of services for people, um, but sometimes people don't know that. So uh, once a month, we, there is a senior luncheon group that meets. And so to have that link would be very helpful. We work closely with the Office for the Aging as, as well, too. Um, okay. So that's a good connection and Department of Social Services for Emergency Assistance. So um, back to kind of a housing question, though, I think something was recently approved in Pembroke. I think I read an article about um, some housing that is being um, approved in your area. And I think the conversation was that you hope to fill it with residents who might also work in um, uh, what might be developed as industrial work in like the Alabama area, the stamp project. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Um, that did get approved by the planning board. Um, the man is a local developer, so he kind of has some pulse of the area. Uh, he's not some big business guy. So what they tried to do is make it a little bit more expansive with green space and some larger parking areas so that no one felt crowded. They also brought in a representative from the school to talk about the um, extra students that might go to school. So that was kind of like a community project. But you bring up a good point. The planning board is where a lot of those details are worked out. 
And and so, you know, anyone who has questions should really be able to approach either a town board member. And if we don't have the answers, then we can refer them to the planning board or whichever official is taking care of that project. That's a good example. Uh, my concern about that is um, in terms of what the affordability of housing is these days. Mm -hmm. uh, we run into a lot of situations where rents have been so increased that people don't have a place to live. And uh, so we do help them uh, get involved with um, subsidy type of uh, voucher programs. Mm -hmm. And um, just concerned about whether or not the new build in Pembroke would be able to uh, be accessible for people with a voucher. I don't know that. There is the apartment complex in the village of Corfu, and they do participate in that. Are you familiar with no, that? No, is Corfu connected to Pembroke? Are they? Corfu is the small village that oh. exists in the town of Pembroke. Okay. It's in the village of Corfu on the west hand side of the um, village. There's about 60 units there. Um, they're not brand new. Uh, but it is uh, a nice place to live. So that would be an option. Thank you. I should probably get you their name and contact information because that is already built. And so if you needed something within the next year or two, that would be a good alternative for you. We are definitely trying to find a place to take it. I think it's Corfu Meadows. We have, we have applications for that. Yes. Well, Corfu Meadows is the mobile home park, is it not? No, I think Corfu Meadows is the complex that says you're going out. Yes, Genesee yeah. Heights is the mobile home park. Yeah. That is the place, yeah. Does anyone else have any questions for Brooke? Are you running unopposed? No, there is opposition from the uh, the party. I think I don't feel threatened or challenged by it because I've done this for so long. You're the incumbent. Yes. I haven't been on the town board more than four months, but my previous position really, I know a lot of people um, have helped them over the years. So um, they're like all well-known people. Thank you. You're welcome. Any more questions? Well, thank you so much, Deborah. And uh, one more thing on the schedule because I've, I've completely spaced your name. Thomas Schneider. Thomas Town Schneider. Supervisor of the Town of Pembroke. Town Supervisor of the Town of Pembroke. Give him a good round of applause for this time. Thank you so much for coming. We're having step right up to the camera. Okay, sure. Well, as I said, um, Thomas Schneider, Town Supervisor of the Town of Pembroke. Um, Finishing out my first term as town supervisor. I've been involved with the town government in various capacities for 23 years now, Debbie. I think I was 24. I got on the Zoning Board of Appeals and uh, have kind of stuck with it. Um, you know, I, I moved into the community from Port Heron, Michigan. My dad got 
transferred from Pontiac, Michigan, General Motors, had an opportunity to go to Tonawan Engine Plant and picked Pembroke as um, the place he wanted to be. And somehow Pembroke stuck with me, I guess, depending on who you talk to. But, um, you know, I did uh, code enforcement with the town for a few years, uh, planning board. Um, so I'm fairly well versed in a lot of the different um, goings on in the town. And we've, uh, you know, we've actually seen a, a growth spurt, so to speak, in the last year or so that's kind of got people on edge a little bit. Um, I think our zoning is is doing what it was designed to do, and it's targeting that growth in areas where it's appropriate while keeping our, you know, our country atmosphere that, that people like out there. But we do have to, um, we do have to grow. I mean, we're, you know, the, the county uh, renegotiated the sales tax agreement four years ago, five years ago, and that really put a hurting in the town finances um, as far as what we had you know, to do because we ran on sales tax money and had a zero town tax for almost 20 years. Um, so, you know, we need growth. We need, you know, unfortunately we're in a position where we have to have a tax rate, um, but we still try to, you know, do a lot with a little out there so um you know one of my my babies so to speak has been the town park we kind of built that and it didn't really have say we you know passports um didn't really have a plan for upkeep and upgrades and um you know so there is definitely a need for you know better access for that town park, which I have regular discussions with the schools next door, um, as far as like parking lots and paving them to make them more accessible. Um, also just, you know, I've had discussions with uh, having like a trail around the football fields that would be a paved trail that, you know, we do have a hiking trail now, but you know, somebody maybe disability in a wheelchair is probably gonna have a little tougher time on that trail than if we had a an area that you know you could go and you could walk effectively or you know in you know whatever mobility you know system you have um so i'm happy that debbie came on board um i think she's going to be a big asset as far as taking on some of these projects too and and uh you know, helping us grow, grow things. But overall, I, I love the town and, you know, I want to see the town in Genesee County thrive. So I don't do anything out of malice. I sometimes people may disagree with how I do things, but it's always for the betterment of Pembroke is how I see it. So, so with that. Are you aware of any homeless people or homeless individuals living in Pembroke? Have you heard of any of that or um, people camping behind Flying J's? We have heard rumor of that. We had two individuals this year that were at the town park, let's just say fairly regularly. Um, you know, I reached out to just law enforcement to just check in and, you know, they weren't causing any problems really. So, you know, it's a public park, so it's kind of, you know, we're kind of limited, I think, as to 
you know, not that we want to chase them out of there and in public as well, but, um, but yeah, I heard that maybe um, Speedway was helping them out, you know, food and things like that. But, well, just so you're aware, we do have a housing program here and we can help people who are expecting okay. homeless. So if you do encounter it again, you can tell them, call independent living. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So the areas of growth that you were mentioning um, is going to be mostly these um, truck stops, is that? Well, we have our zoning um, denotes the interchange where the 90, you know, five and 77 area that's denoted as interchange that tends to be more, um, you know, I guess a more liberal zoning as to what can go in there. Um, you know, the so that's where we have for years and I say years, 30 years, that's where growth has, you know, been targeted to because it makes the most sense. You're at, you know, you've got an interchange. Uh, from what I hear, it's either the first or the second busiest interchange as far as trucking goes in New York State. Um, so, you know, we do have a truck stop that, and fourth trucks or a third truck stop, travel plaza, they call them. Um, and then Speedway, which is kind of a hybrid in a way. They don't have showers. They don't have that stuff it's more just gas go um but you know people have been asking why do we need another one and I'm, we don't really choose who comes and asks for you know approval for things you know the planning board has to hear that application like they would anything else and the travel plaza is allowed in that district so um you know we're getting another one because that's where the truckers are you know that's where they're gonna stop for fuel and showers and and whatever so you know i don't think it will add to any traffic more so than what's there because you know you know other than some of the new warehouses and things that are, are looking you know they'll obviously bring more but um so traffic control seems to be a big thing in pembroke do you have a lot of accidents there well every not really i mean weather? when tim hortons went in Everybody thought that was going to just be mass chaos and other than, you know, one or two fender benders. And I think the guy driving through the building the first month it was open, incident that I've seen. Um, you know, we do have accidents. My parents were recently involved in an accident and ended up in ECMC for two weeks and mom using a walker and, you know, transitioning back to walking because they were banged up pretty good. So it's, I had to build a ramp at their house to get them back in the house. So, you know, it's, it, it's something I probably think more of now, disability type stuff than, yes. than I ever had. We have a loan closet. We could have given her a bunch of things for free. We also have some ramps too. So okay. instead of building that ramp, you could have got a ramp. Insurance will get that. I like building but stuff. You can check too, out so. a loan closet before you leave. <laughs> it's a nice ramp. <laughs> so. I do have a comment for that. What's interesting um, that we were told is that when the thruway shuts down and they force everyone off the thruway, our location will have the most parking spots for all that traffic to come off. And in times past, they used to park on the sides of the roads. But now with all these large parking areas and the multiple uh, units, they'll be able to safely take that traffic off the road, put them in the school parking lots and the truck stop parking lots so that the whole area is safer, which is, which is a good thing. Yeah. 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 
So that's what they're building there is a new trailer plaza? Um, the the warehouse the sort of behind the town hall, that's a that's called Nextgistics. That's that big warehouse for the travel plaza hasn't broken ground yet. Oh, um, okay. So that big building you're seeing is called Nextgistics, which is a, um, they're a Buffalo-based uh, logistical firm. So it's basically just storing pallets, shipping and receiving type stuff. Oh, okay. But that's going to be their, actually their national headquarters now. Because oh, really? they have like two or three, maybe more warehouses in Buffalo that they're consolidating into that facility. And then they have a location in Phoenix, Arizona, I think. Don't quote me, it's somewhere southwest. Um, then there's a, a proposal for a second warehouse um, south of that on Vision Parkway, which is about similar size, um, not as square, more of a rectangle. Um, this company called Horizon Acres had looked at the parcel um, on the Flying J side for potentially six warehouses. Um, so there's just a lot of growth. Where's the new plaza going to be built? Um, where Traveler TA is, um, directly across 77, there's a, a field um, oh, okay. directly across. So that may help alleviate some traffic in and of itself there, too, because it's, uh, um, I don't know if you've been through there at 7 at night or lined up on 77 sometimes trying to get into Flying J. And, uh, you know, but, you know, Flying J is also building a truck care facility, which is cutting into some of their parking now, too. So it's. Um, you know, I, I get people's concerns, but I think it's, it's, you know, it's, we've got some other things that will benefit the community that's been discussed as far as some better amenities for the community. I don't want to go in too much to that, but it, you know, it's something our community has needed for a lot of years. So, yeah. Independent living in the Genesee region has been here for 13 years. And just this past year, I was approached by the um, public school district. They're writing some grants. They wanted to know if we would be willing to sit on an advisory council with the school district, which we were really happy to hear about. We have a program called uh, Children and Youth with Special Health Care Needs, and we have a program specialist that can help parents navigate the education system when their child has a disability. And um, we were really happy to be uh, included in that and to have Pembroke reach out to us that way. Okay. Yeah, I served on the school board too for years. I neglected to mention that for about five years. So um, we do try to partner with them. I, I know one thing that came up disability related was football games. You know, the school uses our town parking lot for football games and it's, uh, you know, it's not, um, it, it's, it's more gravelly type material. Um, lady had had trouble getting into the the handicap spots that are down there. Um, you know, so that got us thinking and trying to, you know, right away I tried reaching out to school and coordinating, you know, hey, our guys will pave it. Can the school look at paying for the pavement? Or, but what you're talking about there might be something and talking with Todd, sorry, Todd, I had to look at your card. Um, okay, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna use his resources a lot more, you know, and, and you know, um, you know, as far as that part goes, I think I've had some plans. I think Debbie understands, um, you know, the need to to make some investments strategically in in, in that facility and in other facilities. So, um, so it's it's not lost on me. Let's put it that way. So. Any other questions? No. Mm -hmm. No. Nope. Well, 
Go ahead. We appreciate your show. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you so much for coming. Speaking really late, for those people on the screen, he is our last scheduled speaker. So, actually, I want to come to the camera and thank people for joining us today. And as a reminder, Saturday the 28th, I knew I'd get that day right eventually, is the last day to be registered to vote. It's going to be received by your local board of elections by Saturday the 28th. Need any assistance in registering to vote, casting your ballot, or getting to your polling place? Remember to call us here at Independent Living in the Genesee region. Thank you so much for participating. You guys have a great day.